You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and as always, Graham Trainer. Happy belated, Massey. And Sir Stellington tuning in from Athens, Georgia, ground zero of the biggest rivalry game going on this weekend. That's right. I'm outside Kirby's house. Creeping into his window, he is watching game film, ready to go. Good, good. He'll need all the you need all the <laughs> film the watching he can are, get. Blinds are open. He forgot those. <laughs> where where is Kirby's house in Athens? Uh, actually, it's it's like uh, probably no more than than two hundred yards away from Vince Dooley's house. It's uh, it's all right in the same area. Five points. How would oh isn't that like really downtown Athens? That's like that's like the heart of Athens. Yeah, not not we, just we kind of we kind of live we kind of live in Five Points. Uh, it's it's like a it's like a downtown away from downtown. So if you want to kind of have a bar restaurant scene without having to you know fight off frat dudes for reservations, go to Five Points. Okay, heard, noted. I heard, I heard Kirby actually spends most of his time at Kappa Kappa Gamma. He's a smart man. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. We this is a packed show this week, listeners. Um, coming up, we will do the huddle. But first, we got to get to the biggest news in college football this week, and that is Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma and going to USC, as well as Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame to LSU. These two moves are unprecedented in the sense that they're going from big-time football programs to another big-time football program without – you know, kind of like how Nick Saban did. He went to the NFL and then came back back to college football. Or Urban Meyer – came out of his retirement from Florida to go to Ohio State. And I want to get your initial thoughts, trainer, on what you think about Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly and their moves respectively. Yeah, this is a little more exciting than James Franklin going from Vanderbilt to Penn State. Yes. But I would say that, yeah, Notre Dame going to LSU, upgrade. Brian Kelly, your most hated coach ever? Yes. More than Urban. More I- than Urban or equal footing no i i might hate urban because he's aids and abeds murderers and brian kelly is just a murderer i don't know what's worse yeah he brian gets his hands dirty and he's gonna have to get his hands dirty in the sec west so i love this move it's gonna make whatever how much ever time saban has left lannister starks head of houses just you just bitter angry red purple faces on the sidelines uh couldn't be happier for the brian kelly move the lincoln riley one the funniest part is I heard about all these uh, Norman dads that have named their kids, their first firstborns Lincoln. So oh, that's got to sting a bit, which is great. Um, yeah, going to USC, obviously taking like – he's an offensive guru, but it's kind of – you know, it's a flashy hire. And I feel like it is an upgrade because for himself, if he – SEC-wise, he would have to go to the West probably – I think that's maybe where OU was going, but who knows? Either way, he's kind of jumping ship before he has to start coaching against 
Brian Kelly, Saban, Kiffin, all these guys. Agreed. And Stelling, your, I'll get your yep, initial yep. thoughts. Do we know, is, is Lincoln Riley married and or with kids? I don't know if he's, I don't, I don't, he's married. I don't know, have any idea. He's only 38 years old. That, that was just my, my initial thought when I heard that move. I was like, is he single? He must be single. <laughs> and be like, you know what? Shoot, get me out of Norman, Oklahoma. I'm going to L.A. Uh, I don't get it. Didn't see it coming. Yeah, I I would love to be a fly on the wall. Uh, I, this must have been a long time coming for him. He says he didn't hear about this until, what, Saturday night after the Big 12 championship yeah, game. Yeah, right. B.S. He, he probably knew about this. He probably had been thinking about this the day Oklahoma decided to uh, join the SEC, and he probably thought, "Screw this! I, I like Oklahoma where it's at. You know, the the load, uh, the the road less traveled, and that's that's gone. So I'm going going to uh, you know greener pastures, easier roads. I don't know USC. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. I think a he's going to have to be start like if he goes to, well. Well, how about this? Both Louisiana and California are ripe with talent, and Louisiana currently stays in state more than I would say your average your average state because one, there's only LSU there. Every single high school football field on Friday has a team with purple and gold whose mascot is an iteration of the Tiger. Um, so you have the recruiting base built in for Brian Kelly, and now Lincoln Riley. All he has to do is kind of what Pete Carroll did. And that's not let anyone out of California, and he automatically has an explosive offense. Whether he can get the guys in the trenches will be his question, the biggest question. But you have to think that those – that USC, all of a sudden there's like the Batman signals coming from the USC headquarters, and people are going to start flocking there. Because you look at Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, um, D.J. over at Clemson. They're all, those are all California kids. Um, Spencer Rattler, I think is – no, he's from Arizona – but there are all sorts of California kids littered throughout the college football landscape, not throughout the college football landscape, throughout the SEC landscape. And if he can get those guys, cornerbacks, defensive backs, running backs, wide receivers, QBs, he's already got that built-in foundation. He just gets, has to have guys in the trenches so that he can look like Michigan against Ohio State in a couple of years. Yeah, he's got to kind of, as they say, build a fence around the SoCal area make sure that these kids don't keep getting poached by SEC coaches and and even Oregon, you know, tap, tapping from California, Utah. Stelling, let me get your thoughts uh, thoughts on this. Did you mind how Brian Kelly exited, and did you mind how Lincoln Riley exited their programs? For sure. Yeah, I, I, you know, um, Lincoln Riley, after the, he lost to Oklahoma State, I guess his season was over with, so um, – you know that's 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 a separate issue, but for Brian Kelly to dip out, uh, and there's a chance that they can make the playoffs. There is a 58 percent chance, a, a little better than a coin flip, that Notre Dame makes the playoffs. Right. So 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 a pretty good. I mean, pretty good chance they make the playoffs. And for him to to leave, and then you know, I, I know that he uh, what sent a text and was just like, "Sorry guys, let me like talk to y'all for a minute." The four and a half minute speech that he gave was. I, the most callous thing, you know, I, I can I can imagine. I, I'm surprised. I was expecting somebody in that crowd to throw something at him, like a water bottle, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed that, like, once he ended his speech, it was like, okay, like, good, you know, good luck. Not a single person, you know, clapped or like said thanks, coach, or said anything. It was just 
silent. They were like, uh, "Which we're, says a lot." We're kind of in the middle of something here. You might you want to stick around? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, are they? They're just going to be the fourth seed with that fifty-eight percent chance of getting blown out by Georgia. He's he just he's not a monster. He's just ahead of the curve. Oh my God! Well, so that man. I think you have a. Uh, I think you have a point there, trainer. I think he saw that the his ceiling at Notre Dame was to make the college football playoff, and that's why he chose LSU. He's also sixty years old, so he's kind of like needs to. If he wants to get the ultimate goal of winning a championship, he's got to go to a place like LSU. And being sixty years old. I don't. I never thought in a million years that Brian Kelly was going to leave Notre Dame. But also, I guess where I'm where I'm going with this, admission is pretty easy at LSU versus Notre Dame. He can get his guys. I mean, he's he's been in the Southeast recruiting for a while, not dominantly, but he's got his fingers and fingers in the Southeast. His X's and O's are good. I don't like his ad. I don't like the way he coaches. You know, he's kind of like the Tom Izzo at Michigan State. You have to want to play for that style of coach. This is his most immediate success. And the way he left, it's like he didn't – it didn't bother me, but he didn't prior prioritize the players. Like if he wanted to get the word to the players before the press got there, then I think he could have. Or, or he could have stood in front of the players as the news broke and said, hey, man, like this is this is what's up. And he's like, Mike – but like basically Notre Dame didn't pay me enough money. I think he was making $2.7 million a year. It was like basically I got a bag woven – in front of my face that's triple my salary and i was like yeah i think i can i think i can do baton rouge for a couple of years yeah he, he got to the hotel in baton rouge and he was like yo how's your wi-fi here i gotta text my team that i'm i've, I've left so that's that's where i'm at as a as a human being <laughs> yeah. yeah he was he actually i think it was like he was the first notre dame coach to leave on his own by his own choice since like 1917 or 19, I don't know. Same depression. thing with Oklahoma. It was like 1964. No, that's something else. But Oklahoma, it's been a long time since someone's voluntarily left Norman. Have you been to Norman? Yes. It is a no. suburb of Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma City looks like a strip mall for about 90 miles. So it's like this one little like green oasis with red brick buildings inside Oklahoma City or just on the south side of Oklahoma City. And man, I bet you, I bet you Manhattan Beach right now is pretty, pretty nice. Like you look at Lincoln Riley's move, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay." Private jet, ten million dollars a year. Okay, cool. But you see, you see with Brian Kelly, and everyone's like, "Screw that guy. That guy's the worst." I think it's kind of the same thing, but for with a with like a different backdrop. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I will say I, I think uh, we'll, we'll see how the culture fit is. I mean, I, I would never would have imagined Brian Kelly's personality and, and just the culture that he has in Notre Dame working at LSU. That being said, this this might be kind of a telling sign of of him being fed up with Notre Dame. Maybe not joining a conference for football purposes. You know, because they're always getting disc. Now they're not getting punished for not having a conference championship. This year they are. Yeah, but in the years past they've gotten away with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the admissions, not getting the players. I mean, think about it. Uh, Manti Teo, I was thinking about this. Remember the guy with the, the, the fake girlfriend, internet yeah, girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. That was their star player back in the day before he they played Alabama. Now, owned by Eddie he Lacy. He didn't have to worry about people like that from LSU. <laughs> it's going to be a different breed down there. Yeah, they, they have real girlfriends. <laughs> uh, they show up and they want to 
kick some ass. Yeah, the they, they do. Hey, kids, kids, kids at home listening, ask your granddad who Eddie Lacy is. Yeah, <laughs> there was there was a time in that game where Manti Teal went to tackle Eddie Lacy, and Eddie Lacy pushed the circle button, and he grabbed nothing but air, and I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be easy." Um, they, uh, uh, also ask your grandpa about the BCS and how great of a system that was. Um, we should huddle up. Shots fired. <laughs> huddle up. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something we are stuck on, the quote slash question of the week. We'll try to run through this uh, quickly and get to the championship slate this weekend. Graham, I'll kick it to you, your good news of the week. Speaking of huddles, the Cowboys are about to huddle up here and take a knee. Uh, my good news of the week is coaching search, coaching shopping, not only for Oklahoma – and Notre Dame, well, Notre Dame already hired their defensive coordinator or something. Uh, but for Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers are going shopping during the holidays. I'm excited. I thought Bronco, I feel nothing once again for the third time since George Welsh with, when a coach has been fired or left. Um, you feel yeah, nothing? I, I feel nothing. I, I don't feel anything. I am sad. Why? Because the stability is over. Like, being 500 says something about being a UVA football fan. Being 500 is a joyous occasion for me. Knowing that my expectation is 500 and maybe a little bit overachieving if we win 10 games. And we went to an Orange Bowl under Bronco Mendenhall. I think we lost the Gators. Um, yeah. It just seemed like we were trending in the right direction. We had a gimmicky offense that was working. They weren't jumping off sides. We didn't see any like stupid wide like bubble screens every single play we had quarter I mean, our two quarterbacks were bryce perkins and brennan armstrong both of which had broke uva records for for passing and you're talking about a school that had matt shop so like it it felt like it was going in the right direction and we had wide receivers that were leading in a bunch of different categories in the acc we had three of the top yards per rec receiver in the acc it was like we got some guys here. We might be able to be able to get beat by Clemson in the ACC championship every every three or four years. It just felt like it was going somewhere. And now it's like, what if we hire Al Grow again? It's going to be the freaking no. worst. No, There's like, no way that guy's alive. There's no way he's alive. Well, I'm not saying Al Grow. Rest in peace if that's the case. But uh, I'm just saying the Al Grow type. I don't want an Al Grow type, some wide receivers coach from the NFL, to come down to college football and have to text 17 year olds and say you should come to UVA every single day. Like that doesn't fit. Bronco Mendenhall has a track record of taking defunct programs, building them up, and then kind of. I mean, you see BYU success since he's left. They're number 12 right now. So I just don't think it leaves uva football in a, in a good spot we don't have any money for new f facilities i mean, no, we have money we're just not prioritizing new facilities it's it leaves uva not kind of in a hole honestly i feel like uva is now back in that like two and ten hole no i i don't think so i i feel i mean i i understand some of what you're saying but uva is at UVA, Massey, we win national championships, so it's time to get with the times for, for our head coach at the old football program. Luke Fickle, how does Charlottesville sound to you, no, buddy? No, rehab you. Rehab you. Bill O'Brien, he turned around Penn State. He'll come back. He'll keep it going for UVA. He'll turn it around even better. Bill O'Brien, rehab you. I like all of that. Coach O. We'll get Ed Horshaw. He's new like, coach He's like, uh, he's going to be in Charlottesville like, oh, is this a fine Cabernet? This is a very nice Cabernet. Yes, I like mm. this.
He usually likes mom's gumbo. He's going to get like blue crabs. I don't know what what's the what is the cuisine in Charlottesville? I have no idea. Gus Burger. Yeah, Gus Burger. So you want Bill O'Brien as head coach, you want Coach O as defensive coordinator, so you got Coach O and Coach O. Coach O show? Yeah, I like everything you just said. Hey, I like everything perfect. you just said about that. Or we'll hire away one of uh uh Georgia's defensive coordinator. Who's that? No. Yeah, not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no struck a nerve there. Who's that hey, guy? What what, what my my, uh, my question is when is somebody going to kick tires on Hugh Freeze again? I mean, he's oh, sitting yeah. out there. Oh. He's a damn good coach. I mean, he's taking liberty to from a, a, a you know a nobody to a somebody. Um, and, and he's just there. down. He's just down the road. He's he's out there. He's down the road in Lynchburg, right? That's where Liberty University is. Trainer Liberty Beckett. Insurance Company. Liberty College, the 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 evangelical whatever college that is. Yeah, I know. He's making more. He's making more yeah. than uh, than I think than uh, what's his name, Murderface. Uh, Brian Kelly was making at Notre Dame at, at Liberty. Yeah, that would make that. I would leave in a heartbeat if someone came to my desk and be like, "Hey, look at these numbers," and shoved a couple of numbers across the table. Like Brian Kelly looks at that sheet and goes, "Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze, I'm out of here." Well, how about John yeah. Gruden? John Gruden or Phil Rivers? What about those two names? I love John Gruden. Everything about John Gruden, I'll take at UVA. He's not a college coach. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, I think he needs his coaches Fairhope High School to a national champion or a state championship before I'm going to believe in, in Phil Rivers. My good news of the week, besides Duke lost, ha, oh, the shots of Coach K just being so upset on the sideline was great. Good job, Ohio State is that UVA, despite their loss against Iowa, which hurt quite a bit, it seems like our our lineup, with all these questions coming into the season, is starting to take shape, and we got a 6-5 point guard, and Murray, coming off the bench during Iowa, provided a spark with 14 points. I think he went four for six for three-pointers. I looked at him. His shot is quick. I was like, okay, that's one of our guys. We got Gardner's one of our guys. Uh, Reese Beekman's back. He's playing well. Shedrick is a rim protector. He's so long. Kia Clark, as always, at the point guard. Armand Franklin, the transfer from Indiana, has not found his rhythm yet, but he's there. I feel like our lineup is starting to take shape. Hopefully, by the time we get in uh, to the ACC play, we'll be hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, 100%. I hope UVA basketball will turn around because, obviously, UVA football is in – in a sad state. You finally said sad. It took you that whole time, and you said sad. All right, tra- uh, trainer, what's your critical number of the week? Uh, mine is three. Three. I have no idea. Three. Three games for AB for his fake vaccination card. <laughs> <It's> just- <coughs> That's so funny. Uh, Stelling, what, what is your thoughts on this? That is AB a- is such a clown. Uh, I'd like you to weigh on, in on this. I just want to know who his sports agent is or, <laughs> or, or advisor. I mean, you know, the, the amount of stuff that he puts himself through, puts himself let me emphasize that puts himself through is just it's just out of this world. It's like somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, Antonio, let's talk about this. Is this a good idea for your career?" Or a not good idea for your career. Uh, there's there's 
two hats to put it in. And he just keeps putting it in the wrong hat. I don't know. He's I mean, not good at making decisions. He's really I bad feel, at making decisions. I feel there's a lot of turnover in the Antonio Brown agent manager department. I think that job is every six months it gets changed. He doesn't tell him what he's doing, and it's just a mess. I can't imagine putting up with that. But, you know, there is money. Right. I, I, it just it just baffles me. He also seems to be one of the more important wide receivers in the in the Bucks receiving court just because he garners that much attention where everyone has to say, oh, their third best wide receiver, Antonio Brown, we have to we have to pay attention to him as well. And it's just it just seems like he added another layer to that Bucks offense where they could roll and now they're seeming and they're not sputtering by any stretch of the imagination, but they are they're not as like fluid or if if that makes any sense. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's pivotal. I think he's definitely like a, when, especially when Gronk's hurt a lot now, he's definitely a security blanket. He's a trusted guy for, for Brady. Yeah. Uh, my critical number of the week is two. Two ACC teams in the top 25. I think the ACC is going <laughs> through another down year in college basketball. Two. Who's- Duke and who? Duke and UNC comes – Duke at number three and UNC at 19. Of course. Uh, I'll read you off the other ones. SEC has seven teams. Big 10 has what? three. Big 12 has four. Pac-12 has three. And then you got a couple like uh, UConn, Gonzaga, uh, all kind of mixed in there to, to round out the top 25. But it's uh, it's not looking good for the ACC. But I hope – I hope that it can all it all change in inside interleague play. But – it, it's it's I'm embarrassed How about that I hang my hat on ACC basketball quite a bit and it's not looking good have you seen this guy for Gonzaga by the way random thought it's like seven five and he's 150 pounds sorry about I that that was my reminder no I, I was I, I was thinking oh UConn's back folks it's good to hear UConn's name in there um yeah I mean obviously ACC basketball gets you through the winter months sports wise so it's it's just another just a, just an inside look at college basketball before we re- go back to football here. What is your stuck on this week, trainer? Uh, LeBron's Labadi is shutting down a bit. A little, little sad. That makes me sad because he's turning thirty seven here pretty damn soon. I turned thirty seven just weeks later, and you know he got suspended for smacking somebody in the face, so he's kind of getting senile. <laughs> He's got a he's got a setback with his injury, so yeah. I mean, I'm am I next? You know, am I going to not be elite, elite podcaster, elite, you know, chore doer anymore? I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. I was painting. Uh, I was painting my bathroom, and I was laying down on the toilet trying to get like the nooks and crannies behind the toilet. And this old injury, where I dislocated Ooh. a rib years ago, my rib dislocated while I was painting the bathroom and I was like, this is 34. This is it. I'm never, I'm never bouncing back shoulder surgery and a dislocated rib in one year. Great. Doing the show hurt. We love that. This is your MJ game. Hurt, not MJ. injured, hurt, not injured guys. Um, my stuck on was Bronco Mendenhall uh, and Antonio Brown. My backup was Roger Goodell still is punishing the saints for bounty gate with all the BS calls we saw tonight. Um, but I'll go ahead and qu- uh, kick it to you, trainer. What is your quote slash question of the week? I'm lucky to be alive and to still have the limb. Uh, some Y doc construction worker. Oh, oh. I, yeah. 
It's not a quote from the movie Saw. It's uh, yeah, it's Tiger talking about his leg. Almost lost his leg. I didn't realize how bad it was. You know, I feel bad for making those jokes back in the day, but you know, when, you know, when an athlete has a car crash, you just gotta you gotta go for the lo- lowest hanging fruit. You gotta make jokes about this guy's. Under- well, the thing is, he's gotten in trouble with cars before. And Stelly, I'll let you weigh in on this, but what do you think? Do you think Tiger will ever play a PGA tournament again? He says so, but is it going to be anything more than just appearance? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I mean, you know, I mean, if he if he has to just show up just for the Masters, I mean, he has that course dialed in. He knows the course. Uh, they tried to Tiger proof it, but I mean, didn't work. Clearly, you know, I, I think I think he can show up for tournaments here and there. I'm not saying he he might not ever win a uh, you know major again, uh, but if he can just get juiced up with the help of some doctors for a tournament here you're, or there, you're talking about cortisone. Yeah, you're talking about drugs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they do behind the curtains. They don't test in golf. They, Look at they, they take him into the tent. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the PGA Tour uh, drug policies are, but they can shoot him up and. Get him out there on that course. I like the I like the injury tent on college football, so that you don't have to have the visual of everyone going into the locker room and then coming back out. There's like less. There's less like well, there's more mystery because they're sitting on the sideline, but it, the optics are a little less. Like oh, they're probably just trying to stretch stretch them out. Might as well put the uh, put the tent over them so no one can see that we're shooting them up with cortisone. It's it's yeah, a good John, move. John Boyd, Coach Kilmer's in there with the needle. He's just ready to ready to pop them. Whenever they come in, I, um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, like, like what Stelling was saying, hopefully, you know, Tiger, go ahead, take the cortisone shots, take all the drugs you want. Just, just hire a driver. We've, we've said this before. Just, you have the money. Get an Uber. Get a, get a guy. (laughs) Um, my quote slash question of the week. Um, you've probably heard this already, but Mike Tomlin's sound bites are, are another one that's cropped back up. But, uh, he said this when, uh, Chase Claypool, wanted to have uh, music at practice when asked about it by the media, Mike Tomlin said, Claypool plays wide out. I let him do that. I formulate the practice approach. I think that division of labor is appropriate, <laughs> which is just the most subtle, like shut, shut your mouth. Shut up kid. Yeah. I, what did Mike Tomlin say uh, earlier in the years? He was like, he's like, never say never, but never. And I was like, okay, all right. About the C job. Yeah, for the USC. USC job. Yeah, not happening. Not happening. Okay, so I need you two to explain me, explain it to a non-baseball fan, but what is going on with the baseball players and ownership and what are they disagreeing on and, and will we see a, a shortened season next year? I'll, I'll kick it to you first, trainer, and then have Stelling follow up. Well, I, I have my good news, actually, was the Texas Rangers spending – $560 million in 24 hours. Now that's fun. But yeah, on that's this part, pretty fun. it is, there's been a big, like, I feel like there's been a lot more holdouts in free agency of this year. Their teams are spending. So it's coming. This is good to see for the sport and for like what's been going on for a while where baseball players have been holding out and teams don't want to do the old school. We pay for what you've done, not what you're going to do, which is the opposite of the NFL. And that's got a, that's got a little bit to do with it, and they obviously like there's a discrepancy in the amount of money, the TV money that's made, and what that what that means for current baseball players. So there's a lot of like, you know, logistical legal things to be sorted out. But I think I feel that this will not be some sort of 
issue that will, you know, bleed into the season next year. Okay. All right. And and you and you Stelling. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with, with what he just said. I, I don't think that I don't I'll be honest, uh I've not paid a ton of attention to this. Uh but I don't think this is going to be a, some some lockdown situation that's really gonna cut into the season. Uh yeah, I mean they gotta renegotiate stuff every so often, you know, yeah. players want one thing, managers or owners want another thing. I mean it's just it's just a round and round kind of kind of game they play. It, I don't think it's anything too serious. Um Yeah. Yeah, Joe West retired. That's good for the players. So Oh yeah. It's so weird also they slowly announce all the like the Cy Young winners and the in the MVPs of each league that I can't keep up with it. It's like on Sunday night football at like halftime, they're like, and you're Cy Young winner, like blah, 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 blah. And you're like, right now, right now in the middle of everything, wait till Tuesday to do this. Yeah. I know they, they need to do, they need to do a better job of kind of, yeah. Presenting awards at the right time. Get, get a marketing guy. MLB. That'll help. Yeah. Get Antonio, get Antonio Brown's marketing guy and see, and see <laughs> if you can make any more sound decisions. Now, Let's get to championship weekend. College football has come down to this. We got in the top 25, we have Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati. Just on the outside of that, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. You're looking at how many games? Big 10, you win. If Michigan wins, they're in. Big 12, Oklahoma State wins, they're in. Actually, if it's in the SEC championship, if Bama wins, they're in. If Georgia loses, they're still in. So Georgia's got a little less on the line here. And if Cincinnati wins in the AAC championship over Houston, they're in. So you have all these teams that have one more step to take. I want to start. I don't want to start with the SEC, but I want to start with the SEC. Let's talk Bama-Georgia, number three versus number one in Atlanta. Stelling, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Um, I, I, I am sorry to report that they do not sell beer in that stadium still. What? Why? To this day. They sell beer at at NCAA games now. They sell beer at Georgia Tech football games. And those guys at are At Vanderbilt hurts. football games. But or they Zane, don't sell Zane. it at the SEC only if you have club-level seats. It's, I mean, give me a break. Talk about a have, have not situation. I thought Georgia was like, like Augusta all over the place where once you get in, there's $2 beers. No. Yeah. Yeah. If you got the tickets. Okay. Wait. So how are you? Sneaking? Club level tickets. How so, are you sneaking it in? Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. I will have liquor strapped to every oh. appendage of my body. <laughs> the, every the, appendage of my body. <laughs> Careful. Uh, wear, wear some tights. SEC commissioner listens to this show. Big fan. Hey, try and find me. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You you can't it's see me. Yeah. The uh, where where are your seats? Uh, I mean, we're we're upper deck, um, but we're like thirty five yard line upper deck, so that's not a bad place to be. No, not at all. Um, yeah, that's where we've been for the last couple of years for LSU and Alabama SEC championship games. They're good seats. Minus being upper deck, but uh, it gets pl- plenty rowdy up there. 
That's kind of where the people are. That's I kind of like that. A man of the people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's I mean, you know, you get up there and everyone's got liquor up there. <laughs> so tell me, how does uh how does Alabama win this game and how does Georgia win this game? Well, outside from the obvious, you know, you go into any kind of game like this, like, well, whoever wins the turnover battle, blah, 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 blah. You know, um, there are times where where it's like, yeah, if Georgia comes out and late, you know, they lay an egg and turnovers, special teams, blunders, stuff like that. But outside of that, the one thing that keeps me up at night a little bit here this week, if Alabama's defense comes out and shuts down Georgia's running game, yeah, which Georgia doesn't have a. It, it's a fine running game. It's a strong, but it's, but it's not like there's. It's not elite. Good, not great. And they and and they make Stetson Bennett come out there and throw the ball forty times, which I don't think Kirby would get in that kind of battle. Um, that's where things could get interesting. If Georgia cannot run the ball, that's where it gets interesting because. Kirby's going to do one of two things. You know, he's either uh, most likely going to just completely shut down and try and win the game nine to six. Uh-huh. Uh, Alabama, LSU back in whatever that was, 2008? 12. Was it 12? Something like that. That kind of thing. I mean, it, it won't be that low of scoring, but he's going to get super conservative, which is a good thing for Alabama. Yeah, I was about to say, that was, the, that was the you only. Know, they don't have a running back. Yeah. They have no running back. I've heard that they've cross-trained a tight end as a running back this week in, in practice. Yikes. Um, uh, you know, if, if, if that doesn't happen, then it's just, hey, what, what can what, – let's see what Bryce Young can do. Um, he's good, but he's going to have to be really good. He's been practicing running away from uh, the rush all season long. I mean, Texas, the Texas A&M game really exposed how – but Alabama's offensive line is not elite status, and Bryce Young looked like he was not ready for some of those hits that came. He was; it looked like he it shocked him. And now it seems like he's like his timing's a little bit more. His his uh, blind spots he feels them a little bit better after after suffering that loss at Texas A and M. Trainer, did you want yeah. to weigh on in this game? Yeah. What happened to what happened to Alabama's size in the trenches? Is Saban losing it? I don't. I don't, I don't know. I'd like that's that's something they that all, came like, out this year that was so glaringly obvious. Oh yeah, yeah they're all no, in California. I'm excited. I hope that uh, what's 99's uh, name? Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. Give him the ball. Alabama's stinky undersized defense can't stop him. So there's the running game right there for for Georgia. And yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, I hope this is not a nine to six game. I hope it's at least a 28 24 type game or Georgia runs away with it. Obviously for our bet. Yeah, our bet's not looking so good. Um, well, for me, what happened? It's just, it's just all. Well, okay. Here's, here's a overall theory. Ohio State and Alabama have swung in such a direction, kind of the pendulum style, away from this just run the damn ball style offense to this more pass happy offense with with different sized offensive linemen that are good at going backwards instead of going forwards. But you saw Michigan beat up Ohio State. You even saw Oregon do it. But you saw Michigan. Those those running backs probably had 100 yards collectively before they even got touched during that game. So you saw Michigan get the push. You see Cincinnati really kind of win the battle in the trenches with with their with their line and Georgia both sides. I mean, you have to have to speak to Georgia's offensive line, but their defensive line are 300 pounds and run like deer. They are all NFL players. I mean the 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 front seven 
that Kirby has right now is what Saban used to have, you know, Ooh. on the on the front half of his national championship run. That's what Kirby has now. And I think there's 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 a part of me that thinks that Saban is a great coach. It's not a knock on Saban, but he's gotten a little bit enamored with the whole, like you said, Ohio State style of offense, maybe. Agreed. And don't don't get me wrong. He's won a couple national championships doing it this way. Yeah. With the the wide the wide receivers and the five wide and the quarterbacks he can throw the ball. And he's gotten a little bit away from the trenches and they're running it down your throat. And I think it might catch up to him on Saturday. I do. Um six and a half points. Kirby's Kirby's stuck to his guns and he is just year after year recruiting the trenches. Offensive defensive line year after year. And I think it's gonna catch up to Saban. We'll see. Uh, my score prediction is 24-17, which happens to be right on the line of the spread and the over-under. Okay. There it is. There you go, Vegas. Yeah. There it is. I uh, I think I think the only thing that keeps Georgia from running away with this game is what you said with Kirby Smart saying, okay, let's, but, let's just control the ball and button this up, and he gets conservative. I don't see how Alabama has enough plays to get out away from the defensive line until they just adjust and say you're not going to get the edge and force everything in the middle and then it's just it's just going to be a, a bloodbath that's kind of how i see it. i think close early georgia georgia pulls away trainer any thoughts on your end any predictions i, Start, I mean the more we talk about georgia dominating the, the worse i feel I, I know before the show started you were burying yourself as a sports fan at the young age of 34. So I kind of, I'm kind of slow, kind of rooting for Alabama to win now just for, for your, you know, your sake for my, for my mental health. Stelling loves every bit of that. Um, you, an Alabama football fan needs to win for mental health. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's got, but he, but he put, he, he, he's an Alabama fan, but he's put his, his allegiances in, in dark places besides Alabama UVA sports. Pelicans basketball, Saints football. I mean, I'm sorry. Did UVA not win a basketball championship two years ago? <laughs> that was when he was 32. That, that, was, a long, that was a lifetime COVID. ago. That was a lifetime yeah. ago. That was three no, 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 major injuries no, no, ago. All Georgia in this one. Looking forward to Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Mass. You'll have like, uh, what is it, Cincinnati or something? I'll have Cincinnati. God, I was looking so good. Let's go through the teams. I'm not even sure if I I care to even change my lineup since the eight that we have are the only ones possible, I guess. But my uh, the only teams I have left are Bama and Cincinnati. Ohio State, not going to make it. Oklahoma, not going to make it. If you look at trainers four that he's picked, we've been doing this all year long. He's He has been – you have been switching and flipping and flopping, and he has Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State, which hurts me even worse. I was like, nah, nah, and Trainer is guaranteed to have – well, not guaranteed, but yeah, at least three, right? If Oklahoma State loses, Notre Dame gets in. If uh, Georgia loses, they're in. Um Notre Dame's is kind of sitting there waiting for it all to happen. All right, but let's let's take a look at this. What if Cincinnati loses and Bama wins? Massey, I well, first off, you sound like a boomer college coach. Like you just gotta embrace the transfer portal. You gotta keep snatching. You can't just sit there on your on your laurel, rest on your laurels, 
and hang out with Ohio State and Oregon back there. Um, yeah, if Alabama and Cincinnati win, then it's two and two. So you you, you didn't need to see you didn't need, yeah you did not need to say guaranteed three. So you know there's still there's still hope. Let's go to the Oklahoma State Baylor game. I'm not sure if y'all know enough about either teams to really weigh in. I only know a couple of different things. I did anybody watch Bedlam here? No. It was a mess. Muffed punts, blown coverages, like. The quarterback, Oklahoma State's quarterback fumbled the ball three times I watched, and every single time they were able to recover it. I was like, this is an absolute entertaining college football mess. But I do think they are better than the Baylor Bears, mainly because their backup, uh, Blake Shepard, I think is going to play. And if he doesn't play, the the first string, Jerry Bohemian, he is hobbled. So I think Oklahoma State, favored by five and a half, goes into the Big 12 championship. And takes care of business. Although I will say this, Mike Gundy has not won the big one. It's true. The mullet has not won the big one. I mean, I saw Oklahoma State play four quarters because I went to the Oklahoma State Te- Oklahoma State Texas game. Their defense is awesome. I their offense looked like garbage in that game, if I remember correctly. So I don't know much about their offense. They do have a top three or two defense in the nation. Um, Baylor, I know nothing about, like every year. And yeah, I mean. If Gundy can finally get get over the hump, it'd be exciting to see Gundy and Harbaugh both be in the in the playoff. Get some get some fresh faces that have big monkeys on their shoulders. Stelling, you know something about not winning the big game. What do you feel about Mike Gundy's chances? Oh, yeah, no, thank you for uh, I'm that, that's a, that's a great segue, uh, not segue, <laughs> but prelude to this. I was just gonna say there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of coaches this weekend that have not been able to get over the hump, if you will, right? Van Gundy at Oklahoma State, uh, Kirby Smart at Georgia. Um, Harbaugh. And then Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. I mean, he can lose to, to Iowa. There's, there's, there is a lot of mayhem that could still happen yet uh, on Saturday. And, yeah, I mean, the way Michigan played, um, I don't see them losing to Iowa. Uh, you never know. Georgia could easily lose to Alabama. Um, I like Baylor over Oklahoma State. I really do. Baylor has – I mean, they've been playing hot down the stretch. So, you know, I mean, this this, yes. this, this could be a wild college football playoff committee selection thing, show on – was it Sunday Sunday afternoon? Sunday right? at noon, right? Or Sunday, I don't – Sunday at noon. This could be pretty – I mean, it could be pretty wild. I, 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 there were, I, I was talking to uh, my wife, Blakeney, um, and she's like, there's no way Alabama gets in with two losses. Um, right. It's like, I was like, yeah, yeah, no way, no way, no way. And then I was watching TV and I was kind of going through some scenarios and I was like, you know what? I, and then I think the SEC network put up a, a stat that said, even if Alabama loses, there's a 39% chance that they could still make the playoffs. Now, wouldn't that be it that Georgia goes undefeated and they lose to a two-loss Alabama team in the playoffs in the national championship. That that would be it. That would be it. Would That's you, what's going to happen. Would you call it? You know what? I'm, I'm I'm moving. I'm moving to Nebraska. I'm become a Cornhuskers fan. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I'll move to the moon if that happens. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I think um, that is that is an interesting point because if Oklahoma State loses, Alabama um, loses. Cincinnati loses to Holgrimson and, and Houston, yep. which is very possible. Houston's a good program. Uh, Notre, they're going to sit there and say Notre Dame 
with an, a coach who's left or Saban in Alabama, Alabama maybe, you know, eking out a like even a seven point loss to Georgia would probably that scenario, Alabama, the two losses. Yeah. I mean, they love them. The, the committee loves them. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and it, I think Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and Michigan, if they lost, man, I'm trying to jumble all these, all these uh, programs up. But, but, but also, hear me out here. Okay, so uh, Cincinnati, I mean, are we – I don't know. I'm pretty confident that Luke Fickle is, has already accepted a, a, an offer from Notre Dame to go there. Or OU. Now, now he may, now he may. St- well, okay, either place. But I mean, he's an Ohio State guy, so you know, let's stay in the Midwest. But like, if, if he's already accepted a head coaching position, he may stay with Cincinnati through the season, yada yada yada. But that never ends up well. Yeah. Right. Because you, you're already thinking recruiting for the other school. So what if Cincinnati loses to Houston? I mean, that's a whole nother. Then they're out. I, you know, it, it could be wild. It's gonna be. It's I'm. Just sitting here talking about all those scenarios gets me gets me pretty fired up for Saturday. Yeah. Um it's gonna be a good one. If y'all want to weigh in on Wake Forest versus Pittsburgh, that seems gonna that's gonna no. be a points, points, points. Bet the over on that. I think the over I think the over under is set like seventy five. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. The Pac twelve championship, that's uh on Friday. My ducks, the number ten faces Utah, number seventeen, Utah's favored by three. Oregon showed Utah absolutely nothing. So Utah has zero scouting report for Oregon. Um, beating a team twice in three weeks, Oregon might have a little bit of edge there, but Utah looked really good against them. And then we covered uh, – We did Did we talk about Michigan-Iowa? We said it. Iowa can win this game, but it's going to take them to make four, four turnovers or something, right? Yeah, I mean – I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was around Halloween or a little before. They were number two in the country. It's not like they are just some some team that's like shot up from rank number forty, and now they're in the Big Ten championship game. So they're, they've had some prestige this <clears throat> this year, obviously. All right, trainer. Let's move over to the NFL slate. It is not very good in Week Thirteen, but I'd like to hear you talk about your tears, your Batman tears. And I think the game, one of the better games of the weekend was tonight, the Saints losing to the Cowboys. We saw Taysom what? Hill go in spurts, and it felt good having Taysom Hill at quarterback. I'm not going to lie. Trevor Simeon did not do it for me. No, he, he's not done it for, like, eight, eight other teams, too. So Where did Trevor sense. Simeon come from? Does anybody remember where he went to school? Ooh, man, on the, on the spot. Um no, no clue. I don't I have, have no the idea. slightest clue where Trevor is. Uh, while, while I look that up, I'll let you go ahead and recap the game. But what did you see out of the ki- North Northwestern nerd? Go to Northwestern. Go to podcast school at Northwestern. Gross. Um, trainer, what did you see out of your Cowboys tonight? Uh, I saw a great win against the Saints. Uh, they beat New Orleans at New Orleans. Um, yeah, good game. That was great. And that is the type of in-depth analysis you're going to get here on Teton Sports Talk. Okay, uh, Aikman sounded like he he sounded concussion drunk on the on the telecast, so that was one one problem. But Dak threw a couple stinkers. The offense looked boring. Uh, they definitely turned it on in the second half. The defense bailed him out. Dan Quinn was coaching the team because Mike McCarthy doesn't know how to get vaccinated, just like Amari Cooper. That's all other problem. 
But Dan Quinn, that, Dan Quinn with a backwards hat was hilarious. It was a get, yeah, it was a get right game, and I'm sure Selling was excited to see Dan Quinn get a win after leaving the Falcons and making make himself feel a little better about his time there. Um, yeah, I mean, I hate you, you know, guys. Got, hate both of you. Got we got we got uh, we got Tank Lawrence back back on the defensive line, so I think you know we're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling here. It was pretty bad there losing the three out of four games, but luckily two of them were against no three of them actually were against AFC West teams, so not hurting us in the conference. We have a great division record because our division is absolutely terrible. Yeah, feeling pretty good, man. I wonder if the Saints are gonna be in the graphic on Sunday in the hunt anymore. I think after dropping five in a row, it's they won't even show up on the graphic, which will make me sad. But the seventeen playoff format, yeah. seven team playoff formats, got my brain in a pickle. So I don't know where anybody stands their, with their records. They could they could put them at the bottom there, just a little, you know. Um, also up here, like circle them, be like this would be the bottom of a team that could still make the seventh wild card. Okay. Is Jameis Winston is he done for the year? What yeah, towards ACL. He, 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 towards ACL. Okay. Yeah, dude, the Saints. Uh, yeah, they're they're done. How dare you? They got Sean Payton. I'm not as a. They need a new quarterback. It's just not going to happen this year. It's it's not. I do like the rumors. They're like, and remember that Sean Payton who used to coach for the Dallas Cowboys as an assistant. And you're like, that was 15 years ago. It's like people don't forget. It's like, yeah, he's 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 they got the keys to New Orleans. Why why else? Why would he ever leave? But he, Massey, he really liked the neighborhood that he lived in as an assistant coach for the Cowboys. He, he forgot he, that. He did what? It was in a really, really good uh, school district with his kids. I mean, it's, you know, oh. it's home for him. Uh, certainly. Great Sean, school district. <laughs> I think Sean Payton's kids been in New Orleans long enough where they're out of, where they're out of school. I'm not even sure if Sean Payton has kids. All right, moving on. Trainer, tell me about the slate coming up this weekend. Yeah, his kids go to SMU. He's trying to, you know, get closer to the Dallas Cowboys again. Um, the Dark Knight tier is only New England at Buffalo. Monday Night Football, which is awesome. Get to watch the Manning cast. I hope they're doing the Manning cast. AFC showdown, AFC East showdown, excuse me. Um, the other teams in their division, the, the uh, Jets and Dolphins are terrible as usual. So this is a big one. This is this was sweet. Buffalo favored by two and a half at home after going on the road and putting it on the Saints last week. I think we're going to see a lot out of the of the Bills Mafia this weekend. Their favorite, yeah, you said they're favored by two and a half, but the Bills have been reeling and the they're going two different directions. Bills have been going down, Patriots have been going up, and you have to, as a Bills fan, just hate to see the fact that the Patriots are good again so soon when you're like, ding dong, the witch is dead, Tom Brady's out of here. It's Josh Allen's here. This is our guy. We're going to rule this division for years to come. And two years later, here they are. The Patriots are the bad man again. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking because the Bills Mafia, you know, they, they've been through some heartache. So I feel like I, I want the Bills to win, but I think the Pats are too hot and they, they take it to the Bills. Stelling, any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I, I like – I like both these teams. Um, you know, Josh Allen being a Wyoming boy, University of Wyoming boy, at least. That's right. Um, I like, like the Bills a lot. I, I enjoy watching him play. He, he, he's a damn good quarterback. Um, I also, even though he's from Alabama, I, I can't hate Mac Jones. And these are two teams that, like, whenever I see them on my on the TV, even though I'm, like, watching my little, little baby, like, I kind of want to turn that game on, you know, and see how they do. So this, this is a good matchup. This is actually one of the few – 
uh, NFL games that I'm going to try and tune into. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Patriots only yeah. because they got the coach. I mean, you know, but, uh, Josh Allen is, he, he's a, he's a man bear pig playing quarterback. He's a, he's an absolute stud. Um, Mac Jones, yeah. the biggest compliment I've heard him. It's, it's so funny how they, how you compliment quarterbacks. Sometimes they're athletes. Sometimes they have a cannon, blah, blah, blah. Mac Jones, like they, he plays on time. I've never heard that before. And someone had to explain what on time meant. It was like, well, he makes the reads at the right time. He's he checks his receivers at the appropriate times during during their like uh route ladder. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I'm making myself sound smart by stealing somebody else's take. Mac Jones plays on time, gets the win. Trainer, what else you got? Yeah, I was gonna say that's the new. I hadn't heard that one yet. That's like the new. What is it? Strong, li- strong ligaments. Like he's thick. Yeah, that's yeah, like the, yeah. He's got the thick time. joints. Brennan Armstrong from UVA scouting report says he has big, big joints. joints. Yeah, big joints. That's awesome. <laughs> All yeah. right, what yeah. else you got? It's gotta be something new. You know, Taysom Hill. Something knock on him doesn't have strong fingers. Couldn't handle it tonight. Could Bad not, fingers. Very small finger joints. Uh, quick Batman returns. We got uh, Chargers at Cincy. AFC wild card showdown here. Cincy favored by three. Burrow versus Herbert. Not a bad matchup. Could be the AFC title game in a couple years. Who knows? Uh, we got Denver at Kansas City. Oh, whoa, no, Den- slow, slow down. I think I would like to uh, weigh in on oh, or ask you yeah. a question. Why are the Chargers – why do they keep losing? I don't know. They played that awesome Pittsburgh game, and they, they had a stinker last week. I, I don't understand, like, why they are as not as consistent as I thought they'd be. I think I think Cincinnati wins just because the Chargers seem to have some sort of hex on them, and Joe Burrow's playing well. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, well, what else you got? At Denver, Kansas City, Denver's rebounded a bit. They're six and five. AFC West is all above five hundred. Yes, all six and five are better. So this game does matter. Uh, even though Kansas City is a nine and a half point favorite at home, I think it'll be. I think it'll be pretty solid. I know, Kansas City's. They've looked better, but they still don't look like the Chiefs yet. And except maybe against when they played, they did play the Raiders and whoop them. But I think that. This game will be a little tighter than nine and a half points. So who's leading that division right now? Is this for the division lead? I think KC. Yeah, I think this. I think if Denver wins, they might be tied. And then the yeah the KC Ra- has a lead right now. Yeah, KC has a small lead right now. Raiders are hosting Washington. That was my next one. That's a kind of like a Washington's still in the in the in the hunt at five and six. I like so, yeah, Heineke by the way. For Washington. Heineke, yeah. He's like a, a a poor man's Russell Westbrook. Not Westbrook, Russell Wilson. No, I like the first one better. I always say that. I always, always call Russell Wilson. He plays, he plays Randy old. Westbrook. Randy Randy Westbrook. Wait a minute. Randy Westbrook. Yeah, he plays a little more carefree, careless like Russell Westbrook. It makes sense. I like the way he plays, though, yeah. But, um, yeah, all these AFC West teams fighting for first place this week. Uh, Washington's still in the hunt. And then Baltimore at Pittsburgh. I feel like this is the Steelers winner kind of go home type game at home against Baltimore. I agree. Lamar Jackson threw four picks in a, in a win. I just don't see Lamar Jackson declining so much 
this fast. I feel like he'll get it right. This is kind of like a get right game for Baltimore. Go up and uh, to a hated rivalry up there in Pittsburgh, and really, really show up for this game. Yeah. Although they, they cannot run the ball, sports fans. That is it. That is all for us here on Teton Sports Talk. Download wherever you get podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. I'd like to thank Stelling. It is late your time. You have? Do you have work tomorrow? Or you take the day off. Sick day tomorrow? Oh man, I got work tomorrow and I got a sick baby, so it's gonna come come in early and hit me hard. <laughs> just just <laughs> take me with you, uh, trainer. As always, my loyal co-host. I appreciate it all, sports fans. That is it, and that is all. Yeah.